The White House released a new national strategy for cybersecurity last fall. Is it working? Two cyber experts think they have the answer. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni spoke with them. Jason Healy, senior research scholar at Columbia University's School for International and Public Affairs. And Neil Jenkins, chief analytic officer at the Cyber Threat Alliance. The national cyber strategy in a lot of ways uh, is a continuation and a growth of what was being done in previous administrations, both from the Bush administration to the Obama administration to the Trump administration. In a lot of ways, the the, the path of the cybersecurity strategy has been pretty evolutionary, not revolutionary. There haven't been, like, giant changes uh, between different uh, administrations. And I think the published national cyber strategy itself is, uh, you know, continues that, that evolution, focusing on um, what the federal government is going to do to protect federal government networks, how it's going to work with the uh, private sector, critical infrastructure, um, how it's going to respond to incidents, but I think there there have been more um, more vocal changes with uh, the approach to strategy and policy through some of the uh, um, leadership in the national security community. Now, you know, Jay can explain that. Thank you. I, I do agree with your the point you started with in that it is quite surprising in the amount of continuity that we have seen in cyber policy. Uh, over the last you know, even 20 years, right? It's been uh, 20 years since the very first presidential cyber policy came out called PDD-63 in 1998 by, by Bill Clinton. And you can look in there or the, or the 2003 strategy under Bush um, or, the, or the, the several Obama documents and, you know, and tie that with the, the Trump administration work, and you can see a lot of this continuity coming in. So about the only place that has real partisan issue behind it is the role of regulation, uh, and even that's not a very strong trend. Is, is the market, has the market failed? Do we, need, do we need regulation? So that has some, some ideological tinge to it. We are really seeing the differences perhaps in the structures themselves. The, uh, at the White House, the, the getting rid of the role of cyber coordinator, the, the role of the people in, uh, that it's, that's filling those roles right now, um, has, has certainly changed. Would it be fair to characterize this strategy as more aggressive than previous strategies? I mean, while it has evolved, this one seems to have more of an offensive component than previous strategies, or at least a more, um, explicit offensive component but without a doubt and you can just see that in the even in the in the words where it says we want to raise the costs doesn't come across that different at least at the national level but when you looked at the words that that national security advisor john bolton during the launch was a very different in tone and you've heard this from vice president pence you've heard it from christian nielsen the homeland security secretary the way bolton said it is our hands are no longer tied. The hands of the United States are no longer tied as they were under the Obama administration. And that pretty much sums up the main differences they see it, I think. So the, the two of you have come up with sort of a, I guess you could call it a program for maybe in a way operationalizing how this strategy may affect companies and organizations within the United States. So would you mind sort of explaining that a little bit and how you think that this may end up working? It struck us that 
if you look back at past interventions the United States has made, it's been hard to determine if they're making a significant difference on our adversaries. You know, the Trump administration isn't the first one to say that we want to impose costs. The Obama administration put a new executive order to impose sanctions and threaten that against China. There have been significant indictments against the Chinese, the Russians, uh, North Koreans, Iranians, and others. But we haven't had a structured way of saying, all right, are these making a difference? How, how do we know if these are, in fact, impacting the decisions of our adversaries? Now, the best work that's been done is perhaps from FireEye which a few years ago did a report called Red Line Drawn that looked at the behavior of Chinese espionage groups after the Obama-Xi agreement where they agreed not to do commercial espionage for profit and they noticed a significant decrease on the order of 90 or 95 percent. And yet even though that was several years ago, we still haven't come down with a framework, a rubric, a vocabulary to, to agree whether or not that decrease actually happened and if it were important or not. So what we started was this process to say, can we at least have that framework of how we'll talk about it, of how we'll analyze it, how we investigate it, so that we at least under terms, understand the terms under which we're agreeing or disagreeing. So if I understand this right, it's, it's almost like a rubric that companies that the government can look at and say, okay, check, this has happened, check, this has happened, and this has not happened yet, so we can't necessarily call it a success? Is that is that a fair characterization? I think so, both for the private sector to undertake, because they've got a significant number of cyber threat analysts, many of whom um, belong to companies that are members of the Cyber Threat Alliance, but also we can imagine that this happens within the U.S. intelligence community. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security. Now, these might look at an independent check of saying, all right, how are we doing? And is this, in fact, helping? Is it helping a lot? Uh, or, is it, or is it maybe making things worse? And, and could you maybe explain some of the things that might be on that rubric? What would you look for that, that you would hope to see this either working or, or not working? One of the things that we want to be doing is to begin tracking what kind of cyber incidents are happening over time uh, and looking at how significant they are or um, through some of the other ways we could look at it through our framework, perhaps how brazen or reckless these attacks are and these incidents are, and compare them to incidents that have happened in the past that we that we know about that are public and watch how that changes because as you know, Jay will talk about um, if we uh, if we see a failure in this deterrence policy. So let's say over the next you know two to three years we see a very large increase in very brazen uh, cyber attacks. Then that tells us that whatever the U.S. government is doing from its deterrence policy, um, you know, with the the public announcement of additional offensive cyber actions, then that would be a sign that those offensive cyber actions may not actually be working to deter the adversary. Um, but if we see kind of a decrease or at least a standard, we know that something may be happening. I think causality is going to be very difficult to uh, determine in any of these cases, and it'll also be in some ways difficult to 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 pull out the effect that 
increased offensive cyber operations are having uh, apart from the sanctions or public indictments or public attribution or other network protection activities that the U.S. government and cybersecurity community are conducting. But at the end of the day, we need to start measuring something and measuring a baseline so that we can have uh, a general assessment. That was Neil Jenkins, Chief Analytic Officer at the Cyber Threat Alliance, and Jason Healy, Senior Research Scholar at Columbia University's School for International and Public Affairs, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.